Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics, a podcast dedicated to exploring how things get places and the people who get them there. We'll talk with logistics and supply chain leaders about innovation, industry trends, and the future of the logistics business. Now, here's your host, Joe Lynch. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics podcast. This is Joe Lynch, and today I have a good friend of mine joining me. We're going to have a great topic. So the topic today is avoiding fear, uncertainty, and doubt in sales with Steve Elwell. Welcome, Steve. Hi, Joe. Thank you so much for joining me today. Steve's a good friend of mine. We work together sometimes, but we're good friends even when we're not working together. And he's been on my podcast a number of times, and people really seem to enjoy his appearances on my podcast, so I force him to come back on. <laughs> my, arms, my, arm is, my arm will never survive this. <laughs> yes, yeah. So this topic is an important one, and we've been talking about it. We would prep offline, and then we'd just keep going and going, and I'd prep for two hours for a half-hour podcast. But it's such an important topic. It seems to really have a lot of legs. But then on top of that, we had all these technical problems. Worse yet, I can see Steve, and he can see me, and my hair looks like a mad scientist today because we're in the COVID. COVID-19 pandemic, and I can't get my hair cut. (laughs) (laughs) We're we're all amateur barbers now. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Today, Steve, we're going to talk about avoiding fear, uncertainty, and doubt in sales. I should also let everybody know, when we were prepping and talking about this for so many hours, the original title for this was Overcoming Fear, Uncertainty, and Doubt in Sales. And the more we talked, the more we realized, once you introduce fear, uncertainty, and doubt into a sale or the sales process or into a customer relationship or any relationship, it's really hard to get out. So we start realizing it's not about overcoming. And if you Google this, you will see people talk about overcoming. It's hard to overcome. You have to avoid it. <laughs> oh, completely. It's, it's some poisonous stuff. Yep. So Steve, let's talk about fear, uncertainty, and doubt in the sales process. Why does this hurt our sales so much? It undermines the emotional position of the customer. It causes them to want to recoil. I think we've said in previous sessions that you know, you're not allowed to hurt the customer. They're not allowed to believe that you're going to hurt them. And fear, uncertainty, and doubt strike right at the heart of that. And if we just even go through what it is, just the definitions of what each of those things are, fear is an unpleasant emotion. You know, We'll get to that in just a second. And I think you said this uh, when we were prepping for this. You said... I thought it was really a good way to look at it. You said, this is the game behind the game. So when you're in the sales process and you're working with someone and they say yes or no at some point, they're going to engage with you or not. They might say, well, your, your price was a little high or this was a, this was a problem or that was a problem. What they'll never say to you is, I doubted you or I'm fearful of you or I'm uncertain of what you're bringing to me. They're going to give you some sort of business reason that sounds very rational and the nature of sales and the nature of fear, uncertainty, doubt is very irrational. I guess maybe we should start with that. The fact of the matter is, is that all decisions, B2B or B2C decisions, are based in emotion. They're based in emotion at the individual level, even though a lot of purchasing policies do everything they can to get that out. Uh, they'll never get it out completely. When you introduce or allow fear, uncertainty, and doubt into a sale, what that means is that you're now striking at that emotional foundation that a buyer is, is going to work from to engage with you at a business level. It is the game behind the game because as rational business people, we're expected to make decisions on a rational basis. But as human beings, we are subject to our own emotions. 
and it plays a role and a big one. If you're allowing fear, uncertainty, and doubt to creep into your selling process, what you're doing is sowing the seeds of failure before you've ever really gotten off the ground. So it, it's something to battle and, and battle hard. Yep. So Steve, let's talk first about fear. Give us a definition for fear and what causes it. Okay. So, you know, it, it isn't, you know, everybody's felt it. It is an emotion, an unpleasant one. It's a perception of danger. It's a perception of pain or some other threat uh, that something, that some person or thing is going to cause you. And it can be paralyzing. It is a very strong emotion uh, and it drives a lot of the lives of, you know, billions of people in yep. a negative way, typically. Yep. And, you know, to, to expand on that, it's the unknown sometimes. Fear of the unknown is uh, almost cliche. Anything that's alien, anything that's unpredictable, anything that speaks to danger, you know, threats, risk. And I think people become really irrational when they're frightened. Oh, for sure. I think everyone who's paid any attention to other human beings has seen it. So what causes it? Causes fear? Anything unknown, anything that's justified or not justified, potentially being a threat. I'm going to get hurt by this. Give me an example of this in the sales process. In a sales process, what you're looking at is, hey, let's say it's a product that has a danger component to it. It's potentially toxic. It is so a product base. That's one thing. It could be a salesperson who seems to be someone who's interested only in themselves. And you know that if they get the opportunity, they're going to put their hand in your pocket and disappear with your money and you're not going to receive the value. It could be as something as simple as, hey, their boss, their company displayed an attitude that you didn't like that suggests that maybe they're not particularly interested in doing a good job for you. Not a good partner. <laughs> a good partner. It could be a number of things. It could be, hey, an, an immature technology. It could be all kinds of stuff that's in there that you as a prospective buyer see as being problematic. And you know what? It might not even be problematic in the real world. It might just simply be that perception. And the perception is enough. Right. So the first one, again, we've all felt it, and it's this this sense of danger, maybe some threat, known or unknown, and pain. I'll, I'll throw in risky. Um, what's the and the next one is uncertainty. So give us a little definition of uncertainty and how we might cause that in the sales process. It's about the uncertainty is about the unknown. Uncertainty is it's a lack of predictability or unreliability. It's this thing that says maybe maybe what I'm seeing isn't reality. I'm not confident in the state of play. I'm not confident in the state of this situation. And it, it leaves people in a position where they're going to not make a decision. Hey, I don't know whether the ground underneath my feet is firm or not. So I'm going to, be, I'm going to move in a very tentative way so that something bad doesn't happen to me. Right. And Steve, in this case, when we talk about it's risky, it's precarious, we're not sure of the unpredictable. And what I think about right away is technology. We're all using technology, logistics and transportation, the supply chain is the new innovations are so often driven by technology. So we're all kind of have to open the door to look at the new technology. But if you get the sense that, yeah, sometimes it's going to work great for us, but I'm not sure, or I'm not sure that this integration is going to work, or I'm not so sure that my technicians are and my people are going to use it properly. I don't want to be the first one. Get some other guinea pig, right? Sure, absolutely. Well, and, and the other thing is, is it might, hey, I just don't understand the technology. Hey, you know, I don't, hey, this guy I'm sitting across from me is telling me about it, and that's great. 
but I don't understand what he's really talking about. It's, it's really all Greek to me. And uh, okay, away we go. So maybe it'd be helpful if the uh, technology guy speaks over your head and uses lots of acronyms and goes really fast and looks at you like you're an idiot every time you stumble over the new technology. Maybe that would help. Right. And with every, and with every word, he's trying to tell you how much smarter he is than you are. Yeah. Cause that's, that's, (laughs) and that's what we, but, but it happens when we start thinking of ourselves and we think, start thinking about our technology and we get excited. And before you know it, we're on a tangent talking about our solution, our technology and the customer is going, I don't know if this fixes my problem. And or, I don't or maybe think it hurts this guy me. listens and doesn't care about me. Well, he doesn't care about my problems. He cares about his technology. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know how to implement the thing. And, you know, okay, fine. He's got my money and he's over the hill and I'm stuck with this thing I can't do anything with. And, you know, on and on and on. And, you know, these are all the things that come off, you know, that come from uncertainty. When you use it in the, in the context of FUD, really what you're seeing an incomplete picture of what it is you're, you're buying or dealing with. So fear is fear is obviously worse than doubt, worse than uncertainty. And then the last the last chunk I want to talk to you about is doubt. So talk to us a little bit about what doubt does in the sales process. So the interesting thing about doubt is that you have a suspicion about something, and you've been given of some evidence that makes you begin to believe your suspicion, which leads to doubt. It is you know doubt within doubt is uncertainty. Um, within doubt there is hesitation, but it's confirmed by something. Or at least you feel that it's concerned by something. So, or you can understand it in the context of how people use the word doubt. You know, hey, I doubt that. Oh, okay. I, I don't believe, which is this fundamentally saying, I don't believe. I don't believe right. in what you're saying. I have some evidence. I have a perception where I don't believe that what you're telling me is right. If you Google this right now and you go on the internet and you type in fear, uncertainty, and doubt, you'll see FUD. People use the term FUD. I'd never heard it before until you mentioned it to me six months ago when we first started talking about it. Sure. What's interesting is I understand why they group the three words together because there's some overlap. I guess, you know, when you start talking about the definitions, they're slightly different. But in terms of what they do when you're trying to sell something or when you're trying to manage your account or build a business relationship or any relationship, is it's it's poison. Yes, it can't overcome it very easily, so you need to avoid it. Yeah, you have to. I mean, so FUD, the history of FUD, it was used originally by propagandists, and they would say, we're going to sow fear, uncertainty, and doubt within you know, a country to undermine the leadership of that country. We're going to make people doubt their leadership. We're going to make people afraid of their leadership. We're going to make them influenceable by saying what they thought was true is not or is uncertain. And that's where we're going to go. And there's a lot of, you know, I learned FUD early on in my sales career when they said, hey, look, you know, here's how you, here's how you derail the other guy's sale. You sow FUD. And that means, you know, you put fear, uncertainty, and doubt into that guy's customer so that it gives you, you know, gives you an opportunity to move in with your product or service. And it's used traditionally as an, as an offensive weapon to derail somebody else's deal. But it's also instructive when you start talking about how do I move one of my deals forward by, you know, by avoiding these things. Yep. Steve, if I could add something in there, I'm originally from automotive and automotive's got huge suppliers. So when you're working with Ford, General Motors, Chrysler, Nissan, Toyota, they have enormous suppliers, right? And their buys are all strategic. So they're working with Magna or JCI and big, big companies. And 
they're pretty well respected, well run companies too, as well as you can run with an automotive. <laughs> and what was interesting is everybody's connected, and you would always hear, "Oh, you know, so and so, they really botched that last launch." Did you did you talk to anybody about that? And so so there was always that gossip. And in this space here in transportation logistics, it's it can be the same way because you can hear, "Oh, I heard there, you know, this is this is a t- tough business." You can always say. Yeah, I heard. A, I heard a lot of carriers aren't working with them anymore. Sure. Uh, why? Well, they're not paying on time. Oh, there you go. Or classic or case. Screwing guys on the fuel surcharge. You bet. Yeah, a lot of carriers won't work with them anymore, <laughs> and it's like, oh wow. And so all it is is just like you wouldn't necessarily make a decision based on that. But when you're in the conference room and somebody says, "What about so and so?" You know, I don't know if it's true. But I heard well, or, that they aren't paying people yeah, on time. Yeah, or you know that you know somebody's <laughs> already sown the ground with that, and they do something that's a little bit iffy, and then okay, now it gets magnified beyond what it really was because they were already they were already afraid. Yeah, the thing is, Steve, you can't control what other people do, but you can control yourself and your managing your clients, selling to your prospective clients. So we, as salespeople, as people who manage clients, have to manage the fud avoiding that FUD at all costs. And so tell us how we go about doing that, Steve. How do I avoid getting FUD into my deal? Okay. Well, the first thing, (laughs) it's never about you, the salesperson. It is always about the customer. And the better you understand, keep your own mind, the focus of conversation on the customer and the customer's problems, the better off you're going to be. Now, you're doing that because when you take FUD to zero, essentially on a, from a process perspective, what you're saying is, I'm playing the perfect game. In other words, I'm not making any mistakes. Because FUD is usually the result of a mistake. So if I don't make mistakes, the amount of FUD that introduced into the sales process is going to be very, very small, unless somebody did it from the outside, which you can't control. So, okay, next we have to play the perfect game. So what does that mean? That means that I'm selling I'm not walking in with my features and benefits and talking about all my own stuff. What I'm addressing is the concerns, the emotional concerns, the professional concerns that exist within my customer and my customer's buying team. Yeah, let me let me jump in there, Steve. So this is a great point to talk about this. If I show up, I mean, let's just say you're the customer, and I meet with you for the first time, you're a shipper, you're a supply chain guy, and I say, hey, Steve, thanks for taking the time. And you say, hey, tell me a little bit about your company. And I pull out my presentation and I spend our 55 minutes <laughs> remaining going over my company and say, here's my technology, here's my team, and I'm so I'm so proud of this. Here's our senior management. Here's our pictures of our facilities. And I go on and on and we finish and I know nothing about you, but you know a lot about me. And here's what might have entered into it. You can continue on from this. First off, you think, this guy doesn't care about me. And you might have heard, I don't know. He talked a lot about technology. I don't know if that's the right technology for us. We Or we just went through a horrific implementation down the hall, and we hate technology this week. <laughs> sure, he's tap dancing in a minefield. He has no idea what's going to happen. Right. And so contrast that. If I say, I've got an hour with Steve. And I'm going to go in and say, and Steve says, hey, tell me a little bit about your company. I say, what I'd like to do is I've got just a little one-pager here. I want to give you 
five-minute overview of our company, and then I want to talk to you about what your problems are because we do customized solutions. We're not going to come to you with one size fits all. If I don't understand your problems, I can't work with you. Right. One increases FUD enormously, right? Because sure. you're talking about yourself. You're talking about things that potentially eliminate you. And the other, I'm going to listen to you talk about your problems. Why would you? No one's going to get hurt there. No. Well, it, well, it's not just that. In that case, one, and I would, I would lay it out even a little more. You ought to know an awful lot about that, about that prospective customer before you ever walk through the door. If you walk in there unprepared and not understanding what the emotional state of the business situation of that particular customer is, you're taking a hell of a risk. Next thing is, if you walk in the door and you, you display the fact that you don't seem to care what their problems are, you're on transmit the whole time. And all you're interested in is showing people how wonderful your stuff is, whether they think it's wonderful or not. You're showing a complete lack of regard for them when we'll get into this thing about the C's. And that is, look, you don't care. You're demonstrating to them immediately that you don't care about what their problem is. You only care about yourself. And there's an enormous amount of risk. There's a lot to fear there that creates a lot of uncertainty, and certainly it creates doubt. Additionally, when you get into that, you start getting into that game. If, if they know anything about sales at all, they're going to start to question your sales competency. So you might not be a competent partner, which means even if your intentions are good and you're just, you know, you're just sloppy that particular day, why would they believe? I've said this before and you've heard me say this. I went through it with a technology guy last year with one of my customers where I had a meeting with ahead of time. I brought him in and I said, I don't want this to be about your technology. I want this to be a preliminary call where we talk about their problems. And he says, yeah, 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 yeah. We'll go over their problems and I'll give a little overview. He went 100% in on, I need 50 minutes to present. And so even though we, we made the introductions and then he just started talking and it was all technology. And I kept thinking to myself, if I could see my counterparts on this call, they would all be answering emails. There was no way in the world they stayed to listen oh. to his nonsense. Oh, and that's the best case. <laughs> that's the best case that he got ignored. His thought, and he mentioned it to me afterwards. He said, I didn't think I'd be able to get through my materials. And I said, that wasn't the goal of the meeting for you to get through your stupid materials. And, and, and that was the last meeting. Of course it was the last meeting. He, he didn't deserve Well, and here's meeting. the thing, right? In a technology service or solution, right? It only has value when it's applied to the customer's process and business. And when you don't even bother to listen to that, you might be selling hammers and they're looking for surgical equipment, for crying out loud. They're stupid enough to actually buy from you. They're going to buy something that's going to hurt them. I mean... It's terrible. So, Steve, talk about the five C's that we talked about offline. Okay, so. And as, as a way to avoid right. FUD. <laughs> so the thing of it is, is that people hear me say this, and I'm, I may have said it before, sales and leadership are effectively the same thing. Okay, you're taking a customer and you're leading them to a better place through your product or service. Within leadership, there are, this is not mine, stole it, I love it and believe in it, there you stole it from yeah, Urban Meyer, which is hard oh for a woman to it's admit, so hard isn't it? To go down that path, but he was right. <laughs> the C's are competence. You, as a as a leader, as a salesperson, have to demonstrate competence not only in being a salesperson, but also in in your product or service, and also in the application of that product relative to a customer, because those are the things that that, that they're going to say. Hey, this guy knows what he's doing. You have to show some caring. You care about them, and they have to see that. 
and they have to see you behave in a way that that shows them that you care, not just running at the mouth and telling them because then everybody can everybody can pay lip service. You have to establish a connection with them. And that is whatever that means, you're a part of their life, you're a part of their professional arrangement, whatever that is, so that they care about you and you care about them. They're, the care and connection are, are very closely related. Additionally, you have to be a trustworthy person. You know, you have, to, you have to have character. You have to be a person of character, which means you have some values, which means you're, you're predictable, which means there are things that you won't do because you're not going to go out and do evil because then they can trust you. And then you have to communicate because the thing of it is, is that transparency, communication, you can be doing all the right things. And they don't know it. And more importantly, they might have a change in their situation. They might have a change in, you know, they might have a problem or something else that you weren't aware of that allow you to adjust. But if you're not communicating them to you and you to them, then how are they going to know any of this stuff? They're going to, you're going to be nowhere. You could do everything else right and blow it on communication. If I could just summarize this for just a second. When we talk about FUD, we're talking fear, uncertainty, and doubt. And we know that you can't overcome it. Once it's in the deal, it's hard to get yeah. out. You've let it in. Don't let it in. And the one way <laughs> the way to not let it in, as per Steve's comment, is to be a leader. And that means character, competence, care, communication, and connection. You know, these things are apple pie and motherhood, but it's it's the truth. It's relationships matter. And this is what relationships you don't want a relationship with people who don't have those five C's. Well, you don't you don't want it. What does FUD do? It's there to undermine leadership. It's there to undermine the sale. And the thing is, is when you allow FUD into the into a sale, you're undermining yourself. You're taking things that you have complete control over and using them against your own interests and against the interests of the customer. And it's completely unnecessary. These are unforced errors on the part of companies and individual salespeople. I'm to say, and it takes very, very little of it to really ruin a sale. Yep, I mean, so like almost none. Steve, you use the term uh, quite a bit. That one, of my favorite analogy of yours about <laughs> about how much in the punch. So, <laughs> to say, usually tell us how much fud it's you the, need in the deal. So use that analogy. It's, it's the poo in the punch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and how much poo in the punch is required for you to not want to take a drink? And the answer is uh, none. <laughs> if there's any none. poo in there, I want, I'm yeah. not having any. You put I'm, any I'm in. I'm done. I, I'm done. It's I am, over. I am done. And let's take it a step further. Okay, once the poo's in the punch, how the hell do you get it out? <laughs> right. That's perfect. <laughs> and that's probably easier than unfudding a sale. Right. That's exactly, I mean, that's a great analogy. See, that's why I like it so much. I know, I know you didn't want to say it. <laughs> I didn't want to say it, no. <laughs> so, um, Steve, this is, this is such an important topic. And again, I think this is, you said it earlier, the game behind the game. If your sales aren't going right or you're not managing your relationship with your clients aren't going exactly right, there might be some FUD in the deal. And yeah, you gotta, almost yeah, certainly. Yep. And you've got to get to that place where you get those five C's, character, competence, care, communication, connection. Most of us know how to do it right, but we take shortcuts. Companies and organizations who are backing take shortcuts. You have to have the proper alignment with your customer. And that means not just the physical things that you can touch and measure, but the emotional things that are going on in the minds of the people who are buying your product. And if you're not taking care of those things, you're in trouble. 
Steve, there's little things that we do that you mentioned shortcuts, and I think there's little things that happen with freight. It's late, and you think, well, you know, I don't have to call them because they don't. They might not care, or their stuff's going to be late, but I'm not going to admit that until I have to. I'm not going to make that difficult phone call. All those things put FUD in the deal. If you say, well, the carrier didn't pick it up, and I start to blame the carrier rather than take full responsibility if I'm a freight broker or 3PL, uh, they start to go, wait, I hired you. Why aren't you taking control of my account? They enter, you right. put FUD in the deal. So by not answering an email, by missing a meeting without an excuse, the, all those little things that we do can enter FUD into the deal. It'll bring it in immediately. And on top of that, again, if you, if, hey, I don't want to call this guy. Well, because you don't care. You don't care enough to inconvenience yourself to look out for the customer. You don't care enough to go. And, and if it's an extra mile, you don't care enough to go the extra mile. Right. You don't want to. And I want to compete with guys like that. that. I'll murder them. You don't no, want to. I don't want to. Yeah. You lack any, you know, you lack some courage. I mean, for God's sake, you're going to go. Those are the kinds of organizations, those are the kind of salespeople I want to compete against. Because I'm going to beat them absolutely every single time, and I'm going to take their business away, and I'm going to stick their money in my pocket. And, and you're because going to put poo in their punch bowl. There you go. They're, I don't have to. They're doing it themselves. <laughs> when they're beating themselves, get out of the way. Let them do it. That's the way this works. And if you're, if you're not doing it, you're in trouble. It's a great topic. I, I think it's so important. Summarize this for us, and then we'll wrap this bad boy up. Pay attention to what's going on behind the sale, but what's going on in the emotional piece of it. Minimize FUD. Don't, don't shoot your own toes off. Be a leader. Behave in the ways. Let them see you doing the right things and, you know, the five C's, whatever those are. And then, and then be disciplined and know the thing, know what you're supposed to be doing and do it. And not just as a salesperson, but as an organization. And if you run an organization backing salespeople, you need you as a group need to get aligned at the very highest levels with your customers and not and again it is not just the financial metrics it is not just that stuff it is understand your customers where they feel themselves to be and what you'll find is your sales will go up and it's it's not free it requires effort but it works and it's not a new thing there's not there's nothing new or different about any of this it's a matter of just flat-out discipline and understanding the game that you're actually playing as opposed to the one you know many people think they're playing. Yeah, Steve, that's very true. You know, when we kind of focus in on metrics, like how many phone calls that I'm, am I making and how many sales are coming through, and those things are all important. And again, this is the game behind the game. It's somewhat unspoken, but so important. Hey, I want to manage company resources because that's what I do, and I don't want to be put on the hook for the actual results of the effort. So I said, oh, I did the best I could, boss. Yeah, well, great. That'll be good for a couple of years until they figure out that you're not capable. But I wouldn't hang my hat on that. Uh, if you're if you're an owner of a company and you're serious about success, you better start looking at the things that, that are real and not the stuff that are fantasy. So thank you so much, Steve. And thank all of you for listening to my podcast. Again, keep that FUD out of your deals and out of your relationships, and we'll be way ahead of the game. Thanks again, Steve. Hey, thanks, Joe. It's all great. You've been listening to the Logistics of Logistics podcast, where we engage in conversations with experts in the logistics field. If you're an expert and would like to be featured on the Logistics of Logistics podcast, please email Joe Lynch at joe at the logisticsoflogistics.com. 